You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Well, I don't know about you guys, but this movie left me speechless. Uh, <laughs> I knew, I knew someone was going to come with uh, it. Fast. I, I was going to get on that before one of you took it from me. You know, so I was like, "Nope, I got to lead with that." I have that. a little more self-respect for myself than that. Oh, you're just digging this hole deeper for yourself, Mike. <laughs> In case you don't realize, uh, we are talking about a brand new movie, Silent Night. Now, ordinarily, it's a it's an action movie dumped during the holidays. Could be good, could be bad, right? But this is by John Woo, and it's his first Hollywood film in what over a decade. Yeah, uh, the last thing he did, uh, last thing he did in America was that Ben Affleck movie, uh, Paycheck, I think is what's called, which is a very appropriate title. Was that was that really the last? Yeah, I was, was going to say the appropriate title. He made his paycheck. You know, John Woo in the late '80s, early '90s redefined Hong Kong cinema. He became very famous internationally as a director of action with a very recognizable style that oh, yeah. was highly influential, copied and parodied endlessly. And so, of course, Hollywood says, "Please." Make movies for us. Do exactly what you do, except we're not going to let you do it the way you like to do it. And after a few years of that, he said, fuck it. I'm going back to Hong Kong and just do things my own way. And apparently uh, he hasn't been doing too great there. And he just thought, I want to do a small kind of back to basics movie. They shot it in Mexico City. No big stars other than, you know, unless you consider Joel Kinnaman a big star. <laughs> no, I mean, he is a working actor. He's a working yeah. actor and a good one. I had to IMDb him because I was like, who the fuck is this guy again? And I realized is he's um, Colonel Rick Flagg on both the um, Suicide Squad movies. Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's where I recognize him. Yeah. I mean, you've seen him in tons of stuff. Lots of TV. So... The quick premise of this is Kinnaman plays just an average day dude, just a normal guy. And one day during the holidays, there's a drive-by shooting by his home. His child is murdered. Now, he does what every grieving parent does. He doesn't stop to administer CPR to his dying child. He runs down the street and tries to take on the gangs one by one. And for his efforts, he gets shot in the throat. This triggers the movie's main gimmick. Once Joel Kinnaman loses his voice, there is no dialogue in this movie. That's not entirely true. Minimal dialogue. But he can't speak. It's mostly on the radio. Yeah, it's all like, what is it? Diagetic sound? Yeah. Diagetic audio. It's all, yeah, it's like police scanners, radio stories, TV stories. But there's no, like, character that says a word to another character in the whole movie. Right. Even though they have no reason not to speak. The Kinnaman character, whose name is Brian, spends the next year grieving. He's day drinking a lot. I don't know what he does for a living. He doesn't seem to work anymore, but he seems to have like an infinite amount of funds. His marriage is falling apart. They're growing distant. He's heavily in grief. And then one day, 
he decides that he is going to take revenge on the people who killed his son. And not only is he going to find the guy who did it, he's going to take down the entire gang infrastructure. Basically, this is training montage the movie. Because he spends an entire wordless hour and a half just fucking prepping for what's basically a 30-minute action climax. Yeah, and therein lies, like, the big problem with the movie. I mean... Honestly, during the first 45 minutes of the film, I was like, this is actually, like, pretty interesting. I like the swing. I like, all right, you know, let's boil action cinema down to its, like, core. Like, the basic story, silent film style, and let's build up to this action sequence. The issue is, like, it's just really not dynamic and very slow through that first 45 minutes. Where, like, the gimmick wears really thin really quickly. Exactly, yeah. I mean, that, that's why I was thinking. It just it wears itself thin. Like, I, was, I remember watching thinking, like, Okay, this is could be a very interesting way for actors to really express, like really get their, um, really work on the, how they, um, their facial expressions, body language. It can be very effective, and yeah, I, the novelty wears off so quickly. Um, by the time I realized, oh, that's why they call it Silent Night. I didn't see, <laughs> I, I've never seen the trailer once, and I don't know, did the trailers ever mention that there's gonna be no dialogue in it? Well, it doesn't feature any dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. I, I kind of, I surmised it from it, like, I mean, as someone who sees, like, a shit ton of movies and a lot of trailers, it, I kind of got that feeling, like, you know when you would see a trailer for a musical, but they don't show that it's a musical? You say, like, okay, you're trying to hide the fact that this is a musical. I kind of got that feeling with this trailer, like, okay, you're trying to hide something about this movie, and, like, it shows the scene where he's, like, screaming into the mirror, but there's no, like, noise. Like, I think this movie's going to be, like, near dialogue-free. I was actually impressed that they managed to get it exactly dialogue-free other than radio stuff like that. Right. But therein lies the problem, because obviously Brian has a reason for not being able to speak. And to Mike's point, you know, Joel Kinnaman does a really good job of trying to just encapsulate what that guy's going through without having the luxury of speaking. Yeah. Uh, It's all done in glances and, and looks and body language. The problem is... The other people in his life, like his wife, like the detective that he's, you know, communicating with about this case, they have no reason to be silent. I can understand how John Woo, who's kind of been this big action director and wanted to, he wanted to step back. He wanted to do something smaller, a little challenge. I can see how that would be like, oh, I haven't done that before. That could be a really interesting challenge. He took that challenge on, but there's not enough story here to make that interesting. And the story that is here is one we've all seen before. I mean, literally, this movie is very, very familiar. Yeah, and the real issue with it is like, I mean, that's like I said, during the first like 30 or so minutes, I was sort of into it because it seemed to make sense. It it really marries like those old John movies, even his American ones, are all very melodramatic in the in the scenes and they're very like operatic, you know, it's like his style. Um, and I was like, this is like an interesting take to do this. This could be really cool. The issue is the story isn't streamlined. It could be a basic story and it could be dialogue free, but it isn't streamlined enough for it to move at a pace where it works. And then unfortunately in the last 30 minutes where it is this all out action sequence, there are really cool um, action scenes in that sequencing but it doesn't quite edit together to make you feel like a breathless pace like the movie wants you to feel. Yeah. I mean, not to compare it to like one of the best action movies in recent memory, like the most recent John Wick, where the last like 45 minutes of that movie is essentially one long action sequence that it feels like it go, takes like 10 minutes long and it's like breathless. 
even the action sequences, the way they're stitched together, it's real clunky and like this the sense of space where he's at and the building where other people are at and like where the guys are coming from. It's it's all very disconnected where it feels a little it's such a letdown after sitting for an hour watching no one talk, you know? If you know John Woo's work, it's one of those cases where you have a director who's so well known for his style and it's been parodied so often now that it doesn't feel fresh anymore. And to his credit, he's not trying to redo what he's done in the past. This is, like Alan was saying, you know, they're melodramas. They tend to be balletic. They're operatic. Here he kind of scales things down. He makes it gritty. He tries to make it feel like a real type scenario. Brian basically comes across as like, harbor freight batman okay (laughs) this is the problem there's no reason why his wife can't literally talk to him and why she has to keep texting him he's got a garage full of stuff we understand that he's got some kind of abilities because of his prior work but here's where this film is different we've seen this movie before guy loses his kid or his wife and he decides to take revenge on the criminal organization that did it usually those movies center around a guy who has, to quote a famous phrase, has a certain set of skills. Brian doesn't. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, he's not a cop. He's not former military. He's just like, I've got a credit card and I've got revenge on my mind. I'm going to learn how to fight off of YouTube. Yeah, I, I got a credit card and nothing but time. Yeah, it made me think similar thing. Like, if I had literally nothing to lose and, like, I'm just not concerned about maxing out a credit card because I kind of plan on dying at the end of this... Like, if I just dedicate him, because he starts this plan in April or so, and I thought to myself right now, if I just spent every single day of my life for eight months just training nonstop, like, how good could you get at, like, taking down games? It's an interesting part of the movie. It's, like, one of the only interesting parts. It made me think to myself, Christ, I really need to... You hit the gym or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's 10,000 hour rule, the movie. I mean, <laughs> yeah. He's going to YouTube and finding fight tutorials. He like goes and gets weapons training. He learns defensive driving. You know, he buys a used like car and then like, because it's not bulletproof, he like ha- lines the inside with like bulletproof vest. You're just like, Brian, you haven't worked in months. You've been day drinking for months. What the hell? You have a very nice little suburban house, but you're not Bruce fucking Wayne. Where did you get all this fucking money? It's so long that you just start to, that just starts to wear on you. You know, you're waiting for something to happen. And by the time it does, to Alan's point, you've kind of lost interest by the time the action kicks in in the third act. It really could have benefited from another pass in the editing room. Like, I, 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 and the thing is, it was a short movie, but it felt like it just needed to be even tighter than it was. The reason for that is because there's a lot of times where somebody could simply say a sentence and advance the plot. But now, you know, John Woo has to give us like a minute or two of basically mime work and silent filmmaking to carry that point across. So, which is why it's a relief when you can see like a text message or a hear a clip on the radio because you're like, oh, finally, something's telling me what's happening without having to watch somebody and interpret their actions. It took a page from, like, the artist or even Mel Brooks's silent movie and just find a better way to give us the information much more quickly and move the plot along much more quickly so we can get to what most people are paying for. Um, and, yeah, there's just so many parts from, like, yeah, a, a simple line would have solved so many problems. And all stuff, like, even, like, his home life just kind of bothered me a little bit. Once again, they just stare at each other without saying much of anything. 
and you're thinking, like, something's going to go one way and ends up going another, and it's kind of hard to keep up sometimes. <laughs> and also, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I thought it's kind of shitty of the wife to do what she does in the movie. She just kind of bails at one point. She doesn't bail. I mean, she's that's another frustrating thing. Because, again, you have a character who can talk, who should yeah. talk. And yet, because of the conceit of the movie, they're not allowed to have that conversation where she says, I'm leaving. I can't stay here. I mean, you, dude, you have a murder board in the garage. I know what you're doing. I you never know? had an issue understanding what's going on, really. It was just like, it just took so long. Like, the problem is, it's like, I knew, we all know exactly what's going on after the first 10 minutes. Like, we know where we're going to get. Yeah. So we don't need to take an hour to get there necessarily. And like, I understand, like, you know, if, Grief, and then the husband's just like literally sitting in the garage, getting wasted every day, and not like even attempting to speak to you. He does get a little voice box thing where he could. He's just like a broken thing where he's just like he's abandoned all life. Like he's obviously racking up a ton of credit card debt. <laughs> he's just like he's, he's a how how could you be around? So like, but it takes. I'm just like this woman needs to leave like at minute twenty four, not minute. 50 you know like let's get this thing going <laughs> yeah that is that's the frustrating part it's like i'm all down for the experiment i'm down for this type of storytelling i'm i like the performances all right it's just like yo let's get to the point you know like we all know what this is yeah wrap it up B. yeah the lack of dialogue i mean again it makes total sense for the brian character but it also means none of the characters feel fleshed out they're just sort of perfunctory stand-ins for some basic idea. The detective who'd like to do more, but his hands are tied. The long-suffering wife. Even the villain just stands around and, you know, doing anything but actually doing what he's supposed to be doing. And, like, he should be, like, yelling at his minions to go do something. But instead, you just see a text like, everybody get back to the base now. Yeah, just occasional text going, shoot that motherfucker. And that's yeah. it. <laughs> it's so contrived. I mean, this would have been an awesome, like, 30, 40 minute short. But stretched out to feature length, the idea really just kind of gets overextended. And, you know, talking about overextending, I don't want to go too much further than this. I mean, there's really not a lot to talk about. Yeah, there really isn't. <laughs> it's a very simple movie. There's less to talk about than there is in the actual movie. Yeah. Uh, so why don't we just start going into our final thoughts? Alan, kick us off, please. Sure, yeah. Like yeah, like you said, we kind of covered all the bases here. I I will talk about like my this like disappointment leading up to it because I'm Big John Woo fan, it's like, I'm sure like all of us are like not only the Hong Kong action films, but I ride hard for his like early American stuff. Like Hard Target with Jean-Claude Van Damme is, I rewatched it earlier this year, not even knowing Silent Night was coming. It is such like a perfect 90s action movie, just like full of like gusto and like cheese and energy. And it is just insane. And Van Damme has an insane mullet and he punches the snake and he surfs on a motorcycle and it has such energy and it's so much fun. Broken Arrow, Face Off, obviously. So when I saw this trailer like a couple months ago, I was just like, holy shit, like, hell yes, man, let's fucking go. And it was just, it's just a real bummer, you know? It's a bummer how, and even though I was watching it, I was like, this will be saved in the last 30. Like, it, the action sequences will hit. John Woo will, like, blow my mind with him. And even then, it was just, yeah, that, 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 because it was such a slog to get there, I don't know if I had the energy to give the movie what it wanted from me. It's also, I, I, one thing I wanted to note, it was strange how um, seemingly this movie's taking place, like, in 90s L.A. Like, I'm sure there's still gang violence, but just the way the gangs and stuff are stylized, it feels like a real throwback. Yeah. To, like, 
the 90s eras, like drive-bys with Uzis, like the way that was all portrayed in movies, at least. So that was kind of a strange touch. It was like a movie really out of time. It's actually set in Texas. Oh, really? Oddly enough. Yeah. Again, it's such a generic place. It's just generic border town America. Yeah. That's really strange. Um, so yeah, I, I'll give it, it's like a four out of 10 missing doves from the movie. It's just like, God damn it. You took my rain. <laughs> <laughs> It's it, to me. It's not a total watch because some of those action sequences later in the movie, there are some set pieces that are legit, like fun. Like I could see myself looking up a set piece on YouTube and watching that like two minute to me, like that was cool. Um, but in the movie itself, as a whole, um, mostly frustrating. Mike, what was your final thoughts? Um, I mean, about the same thing, really. I mean, look, I, when, when I realized what this was going to be, I was actually kind of into the idea, but it just took too long to boat up to uh, not. Not that great action sequence either. I mean, it's, it's some of it's pretty cool, but if you've seen other John Woo movies like Hard Boiled and The Killer, you kind of have an expectation, you know, and, and it doesn't really hit those high notes. And I think that, yeah, I, I, I like the idea of a, a silent protagonist uh, who just literally cannot speak, but like, we need some dialogue or something, or maybe more utilizing text. I don't know, something like it's, it's an interesting idea, and I'm all for interesting concepts and novelties. I'm all for it. But this just, I don't know, it didn't really do much for me. It, it could have been tighter. Yeah, it's short, but it's, it could have been shorter. Man, you took my fucking ring. I don't know what to give it. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it, um, five out of ten. Um, fuck it. Cause I got nothing else flying random doves. I'm sorry, I got no other ones to go with it. Hey, uh, you know what? If John Woo could use that many doves that many times, then we could use this many doves in a review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just going to kind of echo what you guys have said. I think we've said it all throughout this review. I was excited for this because John Woo has this reputation, uh, a deserved reputation. This is a bit of a step back. I understand that he's trying to do something a little experimental. He's trying not to repeat himself and use all of his same old tricks. I get that. Joel Kinnaman does a fine job of trying to capture the pain and suffering of a man who's full of rage and grief. But by turning everybody else into the film into a cardboard cutout and just a plot device or a stylistic gimmick, it really takes a lot of the wind out of his out of his performance, which is good. It's genuinely good. But it just ultimately that gimmick gets stretched out way, way, way too far. This is a disappointment. Like Alan said, there's some good moments in it here and there. There's a couple of fight scenes. You can feel John Woo struggling against what is obviously a fairly low budget by his standards. And, you know, working with stars who don't really have the charisma that some of his previous leads have had nor do they have, you know, a lot of material to work with in terms of dialogue or even things to do. Really, it comes down to Joel Kinnaman and one other guy who plays like the gang leader who who's called Playa in the movie. Maybe it's supposed to be Playa. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter because he never says his name. So no one ever says anything. This is just a, a swing and a big, big miss from John Woo. I hope he comes back. I'm still rooting for him. My hat's off to him for trying something different, but this experiment didn't work, and the less said about it, the better. I'm going to give this four and a half out of ten Mexican standoffs featuring actual Mexicans <laughs> for the first time in John Woo's career. <laughs> 
I just realized we probably, as a meta review, should have just recorded silence for 20 minutes. <laughs> Coming soon, the John Cage 333 uh, review for uh, this movie. Yeah. And on that note, in the words of John Cage, I have nothing to say and I'm saying it now.